A patient's misuse of their medication lands them in the emergency room. How often does it happen? How often is the patient admitted to the hospital? And what's the overall impact on the healthcare system? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Focus on Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk, PharmD. Our guest is Dr. Peter Zed, PharmD, a pharmacy specialist in emergency medicine and an associate professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine in the College of Pharmacy at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Dr. Zed is the lead author of research published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal on medication-related visits to the emergency room. Welcome, Dr. Zed. Well, thank you for having me. We're discussing medication-related visits to the emergency department, and could you give us an idea of the scope of the issue of drug-related adverse events and the relationship with ED visits? Adverse drug events has been an area of study within the patient safety realm for a number of years now. One of the kind of glowing deficiencies that we have in the literature to date is really the impact of medication-related visits that we have to our emergency departments. A number of studies in the past have have attempted to look at this from a retrospective approach and, and as a result have probably underestimated significantly the impact just simply due to data loss and and poor ability to capture things in a retrospective manner. So essentially what we attempted to do with our latest research project was to actually look at this from a prospective design and attempted to capture all visits of patients that present to the emergency department. And what we ended up finding was that about 12% of the visits within our study population were deemed to be medication-related and, as a result, significantly had impact to our emergency patient population. I was wondering if you could expand a little bit. You'd mentioned that the data thus far has been, or at least before your study, had been primarily retrospective. How exactly is that a limitation, particularly in this area? There's a couple of reasons why. One of them is just the sheer fact of data loss that, that we have inherent in a retrospective design in that oftentimes information is inaccurately or not even recorded in a medical record. And that's oftentimes difficult to obtain. Some studies have estimated that about 50% of data can be lost just simply trying to collect it retrospectively. The other big problem is the setting itself. Oftentimes what happens is that decisions about the nature of a visit in the emergency department is often not black and white. And and clearly what happens on some occasions is in that area of gray zone, there is situations where the, the diagnosis clearly is not established at the time the patient leaves the emergency department or is admitted to the ward. So if asking for a decision to be made at that point in time is oftentimes difficult and therefore you get misclassification or underreporting. By prospectively evaluating this, you can follow things out further and you can eliminate the, the problem that can be obtained with data loss or inaccurate documentation. In looking at the data that's been published in the past, is there a consistent definition of drug-related adverse events that you find? <laughs> That's a great question, and it's a it's a big problem, actually, that we have in this whole realm of doing research on adverse events. The terminology and the taxonomy that it's, has been used has been all over the board. And most people, when they think of drug-related problems, they think of the typical side effects of medication, the things, the nausea, the vomiting, the dizziness, the things that we know happened as a result of, of taking a medication or a side effect. The more inclusive definition, really, if we look, if we take a step back, we're really interested in things that can go wrong with either the use or misuse of medication. So having a more inclusive definition to encompass things like drug interactions, being on inadequate dose, being on an elevated dose, and simply having problems because the patient fails to take a medication are all important. So as a result, you get 
a more general overview of what really the picture and the magnitude looks like for adverse drug-related events. And so the terminology we use in our paper and in our study, and it has been used by others as well, is more encompassing of adverse drug-related event, which includes adverse drug reactions, but also encompasses other things that can go wrong with medication use or misuse. So how was your study conducted? I was wondering if you could give a couple more details about the, uh, the methodology and the specifics involved. Sure. What we ended up doing in our study is we looked at all patients that were, the study population was all patients that presented to the emergency department over a 12-week period. The study was conducted in, uh, in Vancouver General Hospital, which is a large tertiary care academic teaching hospital in, in Western Canada. The population that was interviewed prospectively and enrolled into the study by trained, uh, residency trained clinical pharmacists. So they all had some additional training after their undergraduate degree. And so they were trained drug experts in assessing patients' populations and identifying drug-related visits. The patients were interviewed. There was a detailed assessment of their medications and using additional information such as labs, diagnostics, physical findings, etc. The pharmacists were then able to make a determination or not as to the nature of their visit. In many cases, there were gray zones in these presentations, and as a result, the patients were followed prospectively up to 30 days from that point to identify patients that may not have been clear black and white on their initial presentation. And as a result, the determination of their drug-related association of their visit may not have been actually made at the point in time in the ED, but made at at a later point down the road. Despite that, there still obviously is gray zone that exists in the determination. So in situations where there was still unclear association between the the medication use or misuse and the emergency department visit, we actually compiled an independent adjudication committee that looked at all these cases independent of the research assistance determination, and they independently looked at all the records, a case summary that was created by the research assistant, and independently determined whether the visit was drug-related or not. The committee consisted of an emergency physician and a PharmD-trained pharmacist, so they had to come up to consensus as to what exactly was the nature of the visit in situations of gray zone. Was there ever a case where where you failed to achieve consensus even upon extensive review of the case? There wasn't. All the cases were deemed either drug-related or not. There was a, a causality tool that was used and which assisted both the research assistants at the time that they enrolled the patient as well as the members of the adjudication committee. So there were some certain cut points where they needed to make a determination. And if there was still gray zone, the consensus was achieved through discussion, but we ended up characterizing all the cases. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Focus on Pharmacy on ReachMD XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk, and our guest is Dr. Peter Zed, PharmD, a pharmacy specialist in emergency medicine and an associate professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine and the College of Pharmacy at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We're discussing medication-related visits to the emergency department, specifically a journal article that Dr. Zed and, and his colleagues had published in the Canadian Medical Association journal. Dr. Zent, how large did your study end up being? Uh, We ended up rolling uh, 1,017 patients and turns out to be one of the largest prospective studies that have been done in this area. Was that a sampling of of a total number of patients over a period of time? Yeah, during the 12-week data collection period in the emergency department, there were just under 15,000 visits. And so the study was 
randomly selected using a, a stratified systematic sampling approach to get a representative sample. And from that 15,000 patient visit group, just over 1,000 patients were enrolled into the study. What were the exclusion criteria? There were only two, and that were, these were important ones to, I guess, also draw generalizations into other emergency departments. And the only two patient populations we excluded were people that were brought back to the emergency department for a scheduled visit and patients that may have been transferred to our institution from another facility. Because we were a tertiary care referral center for the province of British Columbia, what we wanted to avoid was to have a situation where it wasn't generalizable to most emergency departments. So we kind of took that specialty population out of the group that we're simply there because of the services that are provided in tertiary care centers. So as a result, we've created an environment and a patient population that is more generalizable to the general eMERGE departments, whether it be in a small center or in a larger center. What would happen if one of the researchers stumbled upon evidence, say, of an adverse drug reaction that was unrelated to the patient's chief complaint? They would not be classified as a drug-related visit. That was a very key piece of the study in that the patients were only deemed to be medication-related if their visit was directly related to a drug-related cause. So, for example, if the patient presented with a problem with anticoagulation warfarin and their INR was elevated and they presented with um, a bleeding complication, that clearly was related to their presentation. But if the patient had presented with something completely unrelated to their, their anticoagulation therapy, but it was found that on presentation their INR was elevated, they certainly wouldn't be classified as being drug-related. So there had to clearly be a link between the reason they came into the emergency department and the drug-related association. And what were some of the other measures that you took to ensure that the sample was representative of, of all ED patients at Vancouver General? Yeah, we used what was called a systematic sampling approach, and it, it, essentially what we ended up doing was randomization of the patient population was carried out for each data collection shift, which was about eight hours in length. Patients were selected after that initial randomization period based on blocks of time. So the patients would be selected at each 45-minute block as based on the time that they presented to TRIA. That would allow us to get a representative sample within that group presenting during that eight-hour period. Obviously, emergency departments have different visit rates dependent on the day of week and the time of day, and those were also factors that we took into consideration when we selected our data collection period so that we also ensured that data was collected on patients that presented at all times of day and each day of week. So in the end, when we looked at our patient population as to some basic parameters to determine if they were like the general population, they were almost identical with regards to gender, age, the number of patients that had a family physician, the number of patients that received multiple medications, et cetera. The patient populations were very similar to the population we sampled and the general emerged the population simply because we, we took those measures before starting the study. What findings of your study did you find most surprising? The finding we found most surprising was actually one of our secondary endpoints, which was related to the number of patients that required hospitalization, being admitted to a hospital bed, and the length of stay of that patient population. Typically, in the center where the study was conducted, the rate of hospital admission was somewhere around 23%. When we look at the patient population and we look at the people who were actually admitted to hospital within our study group, the people that were deemed to have a medication-related presentation were almost twice as likely to be admitted to hospital versus the population 
that were not there because of a drug-related presentation. And the patients that were there with a, that were not drug-related actually mimicked the admission numbers that we saw for the general population in general of about 23%. That number went up to about 36% when the patients were drug-related. In addition to that, the patients that when they were admitted, if they were admitted for a drug-related cause, their median length of stay was about three days longer. And so that kind of surprised us. And we looked at that and we got the results. We first reran the results to make sure that those were actually right because they seemed it was surprising to us. But then we thought to think about it a little bit more and try to explain why that actually happened. And we, without obviously trying to study that and look at that as our primary objective of the study, one of the explanations could simply have been that these patients are often have complex comorbidities. They have complex medication regimens. And oftentimes, the medication problems that existed requires observation and time to see resolution. So the best place to do that is to actually bring a patient into hospital, stabilize them on their medical therapy, and then discharge them. And so that's the reason we thought, without looking at it specifically, that's a postulation as to why this may have, in fact, happened. We've been talking with Dr. Peter Zed about medication-related visits to the emergency department. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. You've been listening to Focus on Pharmacy on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157, and thank you for listening.